Let's begin with prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, it's good to be back. Last time there was no air conditioning, so we met at a different place. And today it's nice and cool in here. I'm going to begin with an illustration that's going to try to illustrate what Paul's conversion may mean in our life. For Paul, it was probably more than just a little bit of a warning light that went off when that flash happened and he was on his horse on the way to Damascus. The story is told about an airplane pilot who was about ready to take off and he saw a warning light. And as he saw the warning light, he knew that it was the thermal valve on the number two engine and he was not going to fly. And so he turned the plane around and he brought it back into the terminal and he said, I won't fly until this is fixed. And so everybody got back into the terminal and pretty soon, after ten minutes, they called everybody back on the plane. And one of the ladies says, that was really quick. I mean, how did you find one of those valves so quickly? And the stewardess says, actually, there's not one of those valves within a thousand miles of this airport. But we found a different pilot. Isn't that true? That in today's world, sometimes people just want to ignore the warning lights. But what I want to help us to understand in our meditation this morning is is that God sometimes, with people like Paul, doesn't allow us. He realizes that if it's up to us, we're going to ignore those warning lights. But he gives us lots of lights along our path to keep us on the path. And he wants us to follow him. He loves us. He's given his life for us. And so he's saying, I want to keep you with us. Let's take a little bit of a look at Paul. What kind of a guy do you imagine he was? you think he's a pretty ordinary person like a student or anything like that? He's a great warrior, okay. Actually, some St. John Christensen in the 4th century, and, you know, was fairly close to Paul's life, said that he was a, actually a pretty short guy, about 5 foot. But he was also what we would consider an extremist. Now, when we think about extremists in our world today, who do we think about? I asked Liz this morning who she thought about for an extremist, and one of the persons she mentioned was Richard Simpson. Uh, Simmons, you know, the uh, extremist when it comes to workouts. <laughs> but what about a person like Osama bin Laden? Is he an extremist? Do you think you could easily witness to him and, and that you could get him to change his mind? Probably not. Probably it'd be, he knows, he knows where he's headed. And St. Paul was the same way. He knew where he was headed. He knew that persecuting God's people and killing them was the way to get rid of people. And here's the person who God was going to use. And what did God use? In some ways, you could say that this is the first time in history that God actually used a taser. I mean, normally when a policeman pulls you over, he gives you a little bit of a gentle warning, he turns on the red lights, and if it's really extreme, he's going to turn on the siren. 
But God didn't do this with St. Paul. He knew that with St. Paul, he, if he did that, Paul was going to try and outrun him. And so he figures, okay, I'll just get out the taser gun and I'll get him right there. And so the story continues and Paul wakes up and where? He's on the ground. What hit me? And here's a guy who was confident, he was mean, and now he's laying helpless on the ground, blind. What a difference to go from this confidence to being totally blind. And where do they bring him? They bring him to Simon's house. And Simon is a tanner. And we don't think about it, and you probably all haven't been to a tanning factory, but this is where they basically take the cows, um, they slaughter them, and then they tan the hides. And it's just a smelly kind of place. And you can imagine a person like Paul being brought to this house. He's blind, and this is where the Lord left him. And he's humbled, and he's thinking, my goodness. But in the midst of this, and right in the beginning, God says, Saul. And why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I'm the one who you're persecuting. And so Paul had to think about this while he was there at the house of Simon. But as he was thinking, God no, no doubt you know, was there comforting him. And God also used Ananias and a lot of other characters to witness to him during this time. Now, let's take a look at Ananias. Ananias received a vision directly from God. And when he received this vision directly from God, God told him, go to the straight street, to the home of Judas, and at that particular place you're going to find a person by the name of St. Paul, by the name of Saul, because his, his name was actually changed later on. And what was Ananias' reaction to God? I'm, you, am I going to go? No, he felt at that point in time that he should warn God how bad this person is. <laughs> now don't we also sometimes feel the same way? That we're gonna, we have to warn God. I mean, God, this is, this is not a good person. I mean, the same is true with Jonah, right? When God came to, God, let me tell you, these are bad people. You, you don't want anything to do with them. Yesterday, Jay showed me a, a website that has all of the people that committed felonies in this county. And you look at some of those. It's, it's kind of an interesting website. I mean, you've got people who have committed murder and, you know, threatening their wives and dealing drugs and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, Jay, go over there. Wait a minute. But that's who God chose. He chose this person who was actually breathing murderous threats. And so Ananias, finally when God said, you know, I've chosen him, he did obey, and he went over, and what's the first words that he said to Paul? He says, Brother Saul, 
which to me is, I mean, usually you don't use the word brother unless you have some sort of trusting relationship with someone. I mean, I, I don't think I would go to Osama bin Laden's house for the first time and say, Brother bin Laden. <laughs> and so, but at that point in time, then he said, I've been chosen to tell you about Jesus. And I'm going to help you restore your eyesight. And so, God sent Ananias. And that's one of the things that we should remember in our text for this morning. When I was going through school studying to be a pastor, I worked at a Chevrolet garage. Because I, that's sort of the business that my father had. And do you know what the number one request was back at, this is the late 60s, early 70s, the number one request that people had when they got a new car? Can you turn off the seatbelt warning buzzer? <laughs> Because back at that time, if you didn't connect your seatbelt, the whole time you were driving, it wasn't a light. You remember, Meredith, right? I mean, it was... <laughs> and people wanted that warning disconnected. I wonder if the same isn't true for many people in life today. Many people probably aren't in worship this morning because they feel that there's a bit of a buzzer when you come to church sometime. There's some warnings there for me. And they don't see that all of this is for our good. That God uses that to turn us around. It's like being on the interstate when we get off on that little path of and we wake up. And that's what God wants us to do in our life today. God loves St. Paul and he loves you and me. He loves us so much that He gave His Son for us and He forgives us the worst possible things that we do. He forgave a person like St. Paul and He forgives any person that you could think of how bad they are. If they're a child molester or whatever, God has already suffered for them. And God doesn't give up on people easily. There's a person by the name of Francis Thompson who at the turn of the century was a Ph.D. student. Somehow he got into trouble and already back at that time he actually started using drugs and alcohol. And he went off on the wrong path. And as he went off on the wrong path, he still was actually very good in writing and he wrote a couple of poems. And he sent them in, but he didn't sign them. And the newspaper editor actually really liked them and thought this person has potential. And so he advertised to try and find this person. And finally, Francis Thompson came in. And the editor befriended him. He took him to church. He put him in a church school. And he was able to get off of his drug habit. And at that, per, at that time, Francis Thompson was meditating on Psalm 23. Surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And that's when he wrote one of the most famous Christian poems, which is called The Hound of Heaven. And that's where Francis Thompson described God like a hound, like a dog that, wouldn't, that kept chasing him and following him and sniffing him out and wouldn't give up on him. 
And that's a nice picture, isn't it? It's very similar to the Lord is my shepherd. He's not going to let me fall off the mountain. He's going to be there and rescue me. And he's going to, wherever possible, turn on that warning light. There's a stewardess one time who served a person who was a rancher. And they struck up a bit of a conversation. And during the flight, they sort of had a feeling for one another. And he asked her for a date, and one thing led to another. And finally he invited her to his home way back in the Rocky Mountains where he had a cabin. And they spent a wonderful week together. Fresh air, fresh pine smells, and they were so in love, and he proposed to her. And he said, you know, will you marry me? And she said, you know, I can't, I I have to make more money, I have to go back to my job. He said, okay. And then one day she was flying, and all of a sudden the plane just felt like it was breaking apart. And she happened to be in the bathroom. And in the bathroom, the light came on, and it said, return to the cabin. This was her message, return to the cabin, and that's what she did. In some ways, that's what the Lord does for us. He turns on that light, whether it be a subtle little light, and says, return to me, return to the cabin, keep receiving my body and blood, my forgiveness, my advice for you, my gentle leading. And so, whether we get in trouble like St. Paul and end up being that extreme, or whether we get just a little bit off the path, we pray that the Lord would continue to to shine His light on our path, but also to give us warning lights, when sometimes we really need those warning lights, and we need that forgiveness where the Lord says, I know you went astray. It's okay. I've forgiven you. All is, all is good now. So may this conversion of St. Paul also be your conversion in life, where you continue to see Christ's love and you say, He's died for me regardless of what I can. And may you also be like Ananias. Because without people like Ananias to go over and tell people, And there's probably students and friends that you have who need an Ananias. Think about that. Who can you be an Ananias to? Where you can go and say, let me tell you about the Lord and His forgiveness. Amen. And now may the peace which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.